Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. Like, I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, uh, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean, dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. I am happy to be here. Our friend Matt is uh, on IR, much like uh, much like some of the players in the NFL. He is struggling with an injury. Hopefully, we'll be back on next week. But fortunately, Dennis has rallied. He's pulled through. He is here. And uh, he was not knocked unconscious for, for the weekend after watching that game last night. So, Dennis, how did you manage to survive Thursday night football? Man, it's football. I mean, when you consider the alternative being no football, I'm okay with it. That, that's, just, that's just me, though. I, I would rather watch football than not watch football. I mean, and really, those are the only two options. We don't get to choose whether it's a good game, a mediocre game, a, a great game. We just get to watch. We choose to watch. So I was delighted with the game. Uh, you know, Charitably, we could was, call it a mediocre game. I, I No, it wasn't good. I mean, I, I would have been a lot happier if that deep touchdown went to Vellis Jones instead of Dante Pettis. And if I had selected the Washington defense in my captain spot in the showdown slate instead of the bears defense, but Hey, what are you going to do? It's just money, right? Yeah. I'm sure that's what Jeff Bezos is telling himself this morning as well. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I, uh, I opted away from the game to watch Halloween ends and um, I probably wish I was watching the game 
if yeah. I'm being honest. So <laughs> there are worse things. But speaking of the game, we will dive uh, right in. The Washington Commanders get the 12-7 win over the Chicago Bears. Dennis, going in, we, we talked a lot about the backfield for Washington, became a three-headed monster last week. Last night, we saw Brian Robinson get 17 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Gibson looked good in the carries he got, taking his five carries for 35 yards. McKissick got two carries for 20 yards. McKissick and Gibson split about seven targets, with Gibson the only one catching anything. Prior to that game, I had thought McKissick might be the only safe play because of his passing volume, and boy, did that turn out to be a real bummer for me in my lineups. But what did we learn about this Washington backfield? Um, well, if if we go by uh, what Rivera said today, it's that he wants to get Antonio Gibson the ball more. I mean, Gibson clearly is the most explosive back there. He is the one that could take it the distance on any play. Um, he played the fewest snaps, but he had a 60% usage when he was in there, just slightly behind Robinson, 63%. I mean, Robinson did not, you know, 17 for 60. That's, that's not very efficient. And um, it's a feel-good story, but, you know, there's a reason it took him five years to become a starter at Alabama. And that he was, what was he, a fourth-round pick, third-round pick? Third-round pick, yeah. So, you know, I don't know that he's going to be the guy, but he's going to get an opportunity. And Rivera, you know, I feel like the seat's warming up in in Washington here pretty quickly. Um, I – I think we we had said like in the off season when Robinson was at peak hype that we felt like Gibson was going to end up because of his wide receiver background cutting into McKissick's work and it kind of seems like he did. He had more targets than McKissick. Um, what had? Yeah, I mean he had four targets. McKissick had three. McKissick's came late in the game. It was interesting at the beginning of the game. McKissick had two early carries, and I thought, well, I guess they're going to get him involved. He came in before Gibson. He just didn't get the touches. I'm kind of with you. I I don't the whole Antonio Gibson Ron Rivera thing is interesting. I'm sure you know maybe this week Ron Rivera will say uh, running back is the reason that they're different from right. the other three teams to start something. Because it was interesting to see well, his righteous indignation. Wrong. Yeah. Well, it was interesting to see his righteous indignation about uh, the media asking him questions about Carson Wentz after he kind of started that ball rolling. Uh, on the flip side, poor Justin Fields. Uh, his his receivers are not great. But you know what's also curious? This is another team that has an interesting backfield situation. Montgomery, since he's returned and when he's been available, seems to get a lion's share of the work. Got 15 carries last night, 67 yards, caught a pass. But Khalil Herbert continues to look pretty good when he's given chances. You talk about that big play home run ability. Had a 64-yard run last night, ends up with 75 yards on just seven carries. What do you think they should be doing with this backfield? I mean, it's hard to not keep riding Montgomery because he is effective, uh, if not explosive. He's not going to make mistakes. He's going to do all of the right things. He's good in tight spaces, but he's not going to outrun a lot of people. Um, and as good as that run from Herbert was, you know, he it, he got caught at the end. 
And so he didn't quite get there. I, I think they make a nice one-two punch. The downside of it is, is probably that Montgomery is the better receiver of the two, um, both from a pass protection and an actual catching of the ball uh, perspective. I think Montgomery gets the edge there. So fundamentally, I think Herbert is a change of pace guy. Montgomery's still going to get the lion's share of the touches. Herbert is going to, you know, Khalil Herbert is just the Chicago version of Tony Pollard. You do wonder, though, you know, Montgomery's contract expires at the end of this year, whether he will be back next year. He's not. Yeah. But with our luck, all this uh, hope for Khalil Herbert getting uh, a lot of carries is going to go out the window when they draft somebody. Well, on to the rest of the week six slate. This is the first week of bye weeks. Tennessee Titans, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Detroit Lions, and the Houston Texans are all taking the week off. So we have a couple fewer games, still only three games in the late window yet again. But the first game of the early window, the San Francisco 49ers, three and two, first place in the NFC West, head to Atlanta to take on the two and three Atlanta Falcons. Uh, what do we expect from Jeff Wilson in this 49ers backfield? I mean, right now he's the lead dog. Uh, Tevin Coleman is the backup and it's uh, wild how Coleman basically just came back and jumped over everybody, but he knows the system and he showed last week that he can be useful as a backup in that system, which means Ty Davis price probably gets 12 carries for 77 yards this week. And Coleman plays like three snaps. Um, but Jeff Wilson is the starter there until uh, Elijah Mitchell gets back. He has shown that it's uh, he knows what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, again, he's another one of these guys that isn't going to run away from people, but he's going to pick up chunk yardage, um, 10, 15 yards at a time when it's blocked well. He'll create a little bit, and he's effective in the passing game as well. He's a good all-around unspectacular back. Yeah, and you know what? Jeff Wilson is actually RB13 since week three, so I think he could, you know, given the landscape with bye weeks and injuries, he could end up being a top 12 option here. Atlanta's defense does not scare me. No. Uh, on the flip side, Falcons, you know, we're missing Cordero Patterson. They're playing a very tough defense in the 49ers. Is there any play on the on the team that you'd feel good about? I don't know if I feel good. I think they're all pretty much desperation plays. Um, you know, they the, the Niners are down uh, Mosley, the cornerback, I believe. So that may bode better for London if, if he plays. But Atlanta's in rough shape right now. If you're starting anybody from Atlanta, uh, you probably haven't done a good job on your waiver wire in your redraft league. Um, it's e even, even Mariota, who's likely to get significant rushing yards. Uh, I, I'm not going to be surprised one bit if Mariota leads the team in rushing, mostly because he's running for his life. Um, I also am not going to be surprised if we see Desmond Ritter because Mariota gets his clock cleaned by, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, or Fred Warner, or one of those other guys on the defensive line. It's going to be it, – it's shaping up to be a tough game for Atlanta. And if you don't have to start him, I'm certainly not looking to. And 
If Pitts plays, I'm nervous about that because I don't even, you know, is he a decoy? Uh, is he back? Are they trying to, if he does come back, are they going to try to force him the ball to get, uh, to use him like, you know, the fantasy world is clamoring for? I don't know. It looks like a hot mess against San Francisco this week. I mean, Arthur Smith already said he didn't care about our fantasy team. So the one I'm a little bummed about is Drake London got off to a hot start, looked like a great fit and getting in there. He's had a couple of, uh, quiet weeks. I'm hoping maybe they'll get back involved. That being said, I am easily taking the 49ers in this one. Com- comfortable there for me as well. On the flip side, we have the New England Patriots at two and three, traveling to battle the two and three Cleveland Browns. I was going to look it up real quickly. Mac Jones, still listed as questionable, has been practicing in a limited capacity. If he is back, what do you expect from him? More of the same, ball control, um, get the ball to Jacoby Myers because Jacoby Myers uh, is the receiver you want to roster in that offense. Uh, we saw last week with Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, he's very productive when you give him the volume. He's go- He looks good in the passing game. I think that Stevenson is going to carry the load in the running game and Myers in the passing game. Um, it's... You know, Mac is just another one of these, you know, lunch pail guys that's going to come to work. He's going to do everything that he needs to, uh, but he isn't going to run around a lot. He's not going to force the ball a lot. Uh, He's going to be conservative with it. And since he's playing against Jacoby Brissett, it's probably going to work out for him. Yeah, you know, uh, Cleveland's rush defense has struggled. They made that trade. We'll see if it makes a difference, but I like Ramondre Stevenson this week as well. On the flip side, how do you feel about Amari Cooper and David Njoku going against this Patriots defense? I mean, it it could be good for them because, you know, Belichick's going to take away your number one option. Well, the number one option is Nick Chubb, um, and sometimes even Stefanski takes away their own number one option by putting Kareem Hunt in there. Now, not that Hunt is a terrible option. He He's just not Nick Chubb. Uh, I, I feel like Cooper's going to get his. He'll probably get matched up with, who's that hot guy they got now? J.C. Jackson. He's the cornerback uh, that uh, they got. J.C. Jackson went to the Chargers. I'm oh, not sure who the they, Patriots number one is. They kind of have a lot of journeyman players. Now. Right. Um, but I think, I, I think it's going to be – an okay matchup. I just Brissett is not an aggressive quarterback, and I think that they end up running the ball a lot more um, to try to to shorten the game. And then I I've tried everything in my power to try to convince myself why the Browns could win this game. Uh, you know, oh, last week it was yeah they played against Jared Goff, who's marginally better than Jacoby Brissett, but Goff did not have his top three receivers, did not have DeAndre Swift, has a terrible defense on the other side of the ball. So it seems like he's playing catch up from the coin flip. Um, But no, that being said, it's uh, Patriots for me. I am also taking the Patriots. On to a game that's uh, somewhat more intriguing than we might have thought a few weeks ago. The New York Jets, 3-2, and two, fresh off a win over the Dolphins, head to Green Bay to battle the Packers, who are also 3-2, and two, fresh off a loss to the other New York team, 
the Giants. We're going to start with the Jets in the backfield. We've seen Brees Hall getting more and more involved, putting up a lot of yards. Michael Carter's still been there getting touchdowns. What are you doing with them? Are you starting Brees? Are you starting Carter? Are you thinking about starting both of them? Well, hopefully I don't have both of them on the same team. Um, Although I will be honest, there is a team where I have to start Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone. So please pray for me. I I started uh, Tristan Ebner and uh, David Montgomery yesterday. So yeah, it's getting shallow early. Yeah. Uh, no, I I think uh, Brees Hall is a, a an RB one, and Michael Carter is an RB three with RB one upside if he gets to vulture touchdowns from Brees Hall. Hall is clearly the better talent there in pretty much every analyst's eyes that watches what's going on. But Carter is still a pretty good running back. It's it's not like he's, uh, you, you know, Matt Asiata or something like that. He's he's a good running back, can play in all three facets of the game. So he's going to get some opportunity. Uh, for all of Brees Hall showing off his speed last week, it was disappointing he got stopped at the one-yard line twice. I heard somebody talk about that on Sirius XM. Like, oh, Brees Hall speed. I'm like, oh, maybe he's not 4-3. Maybe he's 4-4 because he got stopped twice. Anyways, uh, I think you start them comfortably as a, an RB1 and a flex play. Nobody was happier about those stops on the one than Michael Carter's agent. Uh, on the flip side for the Packers, Sammy Watkins still on IR. Uh, Christian Watson has already been ruled out. We've seen – Decent games from Cobb, from Lazard, from Dubs. Is there any of the three that you're feeling rock solid about? Well, I think Lazard is the safe play. Um, he's the veteran. Uh, he can be a little bit explosive at times. Rodgers trusts him. Uh, Cobb is the, the veteran veteran, uh, but he just isn't, doesn't have a ton left at this stage of his career. And, uh, you know, he'll have these pop games like he did last week or the week before when he had seven or eight or nine catches, um, mostly because Rodgers will just decide that's who I'm going to throw the ball to and, and the game plan is working out. I like Romeo Dobbs a lot. Uh, he just missed a couple long completions last week. And uh, I think moving forward, him and Rodgers are going to get that timing refined. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Dobbs come out and have a, a Jahan Dotson kind of game you know, four catches on five targets for 79 yards and a touchdown kind of thing. Um, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he came out and went two for 26 and zero on six targets because him and Rodgers just still haven't got it dialed up. Um, yeah. But like right. I said, Lazard is the safer play. Dobbs if you want the upside. And uh, Cobb if you're like, I just don't fucking care anymore. Yeah, I know. With our luck, it's going to be Samari Torre game. You know, yeah. uh, I wanted to pick the Jets, but I'm taking the Packers. Um, I don't know if I wanted to pick the Jets, but I did take the Packers. <laughs> Next up, an interesting divisional matchup: the Jacksonville Jaguars two and three at Indianapolis two two and one for the second meeting of the year. The first meeting in Week Two, the Jaguars blanked the Colts. 24 to nothing. James Robinson looked pretty solid, but he has struggled a bit of late, and we've seen Travis Etienne pick it up. How are you feeling about those two? To me, it feels like it could be a crapshoot any week. I think they're they're trying to get both of them involved, um, but I don't know that we're going to get, you know, the Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb kind of both of them having great days. Um, I just don't know that 
you know, Robinson is there. You know, he made a couple nice runs early, led to some long touchdowns earlier in the season. Uh, ETN, for his lack of vision, has made some nice plays as well. It seems like they recognize ETN is the most explosive of the two. Um, Robinson has the better vision, but isn't explosive coming off the injury. And I, I think that Peterson's going to kind of play the hot hand with the edge given to ETN. Yeah, fortunately for both of them, Shaq Leonard is still out. But, you know, you're right. Robinson got buoyed by some big plays and some touchdowns early on. He's been running back 63 the last two weeks, which makes me nervous about both of them. On the flip side, we saw Alec Pierce not only get plenty of targets, but make some very impressive catches in a very depressing game last Thursday night. How are you feeling about Alec Pierce this week? I feel good. Like, I came around about midway through uh, rookie draft season, and I, I moved up and was taking Alec Pierce over Christian Watson very comfortably. Uh, I like what Pierce brings to the table. You know, DK Metcalf's success has brought me around to a little more of the one-trick pony is probably a little bit too strong. But if you've got a guy that maybe doesn't excel in all facets of the passing game, but he excels at two or three things, really, really, he's just really good at it. And I think that's what Pierce is. He's got, he's really good on the deep ball. Uh, He he plays, but the rest of his game is kind of coming around. And it's, he's a perfect compliment to, to Michael Pittman. And I, I like Pierce a lot. I'm okay starting him as a flex. Yeah, no team is as starved for a second receiving option as the Colts have been the last few years. I kind of like Pierce as a flex as well. I know the Jaguars own the Colts, but that has to turn around at some point. I am actually taking the Colts. Yeah, it's not going to be this week, my man. Jaguars for me. Yes, so that that probably means the Jaguars are the safer pick. On to Miami, where the four and one Minnesota Vikings travel to take on the three and two Miami Dolphins. You're starting Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and Kirk Cousins. Not really thinking about it, but we have Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, and our man Irv Smith. Are you feeling good about any of them, or are they kind of all cannibalizing each other's opportunities? It's a little. There's some cannibalization going on. If you're playing in a tight end premium league, uh, Irv Smith is a decent play. He's going to be a back end uh, tight end one. It doesn't take much in those tight end premium leagues. You know, three, maybe four catches for 25 or 30 yards, and you can get up there uh, eight, nine, 10, 12 points, depending on how the premium is structured. So I don't mind playing Irv Smith. Um, and and then he can break out at any given time. If I've got to pick between the other two, though, I'm going to go with Thielen. I'm just more comfortable with him, and I recognize that uh, he's become kind of a, a first down goal line receiver. Uh, but he also is a safety blanket, and he gets open when they need a play. And and Cousins is comfortable with that, and they don't mind. Um, throwing the ball to him. I, I like Thielen. I think he's, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four um, for most of the season. That's where I had him ranked preseason. And and I'm okay starting him as my wide receiver three most weeks. 
Yeah, I have to flex Thielen in a few places. I think the problem for me is all three of them seem like they're a little touchdown pennant. On the flip side, the Dolphins, they've lost two straight. They've lost two quarterbacks as well. Looks like Skylar Thompson is going to get the start again. Tyreek Hill tracking to play despite being in a walking boot after last week's game. How are you feeling about the Miami offense with Skylar Thompson? Not good, Bob. Not good. It's, you know, I, I, I love these stories, but, man, they just they don't really pan out that well. I mean, a late-round pick, third-string quarterback, forced into play, and it, 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 you know, on the plus side, he's got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, that is, you know, if if you're gonna be pushed into the deep end of the pool, you might as well have you know Michael Phelps down there to help you, and that's kind of what Skylar Thompson has in Jalen Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill. So. I think that he's going to be okay. I just don't think he has – I just don't – he's no Cooper Rush, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm fading all the Dolphins' pass catchers this week. He'll probably the one that's been the safest, which is ironic because we thought Waddle would do the best with these other quarterbacks coming in, but Hill seems to continue to get receptions. Most are probably the better play. I will say I have picked Skylar Thompson up in a couple spots. Well, Do not have a choice but to start him. I'm starting Skylar Thompson and PJ Walker in one league. God, tis the season. I am taking the Vikings. Vikings for me as well. Uh, now we head down to New Orleans, where the two and three Cincinnati Bengals battle the two and three New Orleans Saints. Dennis T. Higgins listed as questionable on the list again this week. He was questionable last week. I thought he was going to be okay. We barely saw him. It was kind of the Mike Thomas show. Any trepidation about starting him if he's active? Yeah, he's, he's dealing with an ankle or a knee. Is it ankle? Yeah, it's an ankle issue. You know. You always have some, if they're still on the injury report with those kinds of injuries, you know, he, as a wide receiver, that's sort of, you know, he's a big guy. He runs well and needs to be able to get up in the air to make plays and having a bum ankle kind of is detrimental to that. Uh, You know, if he plays, you got to start him. And, and I mean, he's a top 12 wide receiver uh, heading into the season. So if he plays, you're starting him. But, um, you know, I, I'm going to be sweating the whole time that he's not doing the Julio decoy dance. I'm hoping he's back to being good, too, because I would wager they're going to roll a lot of coverage from a decent New Orleans defense, uh, defensive secondary over to Chase. On the, the flip side. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN. 
VPN only at DraftBook Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Well, still. On the flip side, Taysom Hill put up four touchdowns last week. The tight end position we have mentioned is a little bit of hot garbage. We may debate about whether Hill should qualify as a tight end, but would you roll him out if you had him? It depends on what my options are, but probably. I mean, you roll him out at the tight end with the understanding that it could goose egg you. You know, it's – I mean, but hell, I did that with Tyler Conklin in week three. So Taysom Hill may end up very well being that kind of play. You know, and the hard thing is that he isn't getting a lot of volume, uh, even in the way of snaps. So he's in there for 10 snaps or 12 snaps, but he is getting touches when he's in there out of the wildcat. And if, you know, if he's going to be able to run the ball a couple times and get into the end zone, it's, it, I mean, you, you pretty much got to roll him out there if you're rostering him. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I feel. There was a couple of leagues where I don't really like any of my tight end options, and I decided to roll the dice. I am not rolling the dice on the Saints to win this game. I am in on the Bengals. I am, too, in the Bayou homecoming for Joe Burrow. Next, we'll transition over to New York, where the 4-1 New York Giants play host to the 3-2 and Baltimore Ravens. Rashad Bateman is out again this week. How are you feeling about Devin DuVernay and J.K. Dobbins? Any interest in playing either of them? Well, I, I like Dobbins as a RB2 um, with RB1 upside against the Jets or Giants. Um, and DuVernay has been playing well when he gets the opportunity. Uh I don't know that uh, that I would hesitate to flex him if, if need be. You know, DuVernay does a little bit of uh, what Mark Andrews does, which is work the middle of the field down the seams kind of from the slot. And that's where Lamar Jackson is most comfortable throwing the ball. Uh, he don't mind chucking it deep either, but uh, he does like to work the middle. Um, and he's successful there. And so I think DuVernay with Bateman out wouldn't surprise me if he had seven or eight, nine targets. Yeah, I like DuVernay. I played him actually last week in a flex spot with Bateman out and it worked out. Dobbins, I think it's just a matter of him continuing to get back into the game room and getting more reps. On the flip side, the, the Giants have been one of the great stories this year going four and one so far, but they're doing it a lot with kind of uh, smoke, smoke and, mirror. and mirrors. Yeah, so Saquon Barkley's great. We, we know we're rolling Saquon. He's been back to being a top five option. Is there any other Giant that piques your interest? I mean, who would have thought that Brian Dayball was a descendant of Harry Houdini? Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, he's. I mean, he was a heck of a coach in Buffalo. And he's turned out to be a heck of a coach as a head coach there in New York. Yeah. He's known Nathaniel Hackett, that's for sure. Thank God for Giants fans, but thanks sadness for me. You know, I, I'm not buying too much into any of the receivers just yet. I know Wandale Robinson's getting close to being back, but Tony's out. Galladay's out. Sterling Shepard's gone. I don't think David Sills is going to be a consistent producer. Hail Mary is Darius uh, Slayton um, because he he's a guy that could get you a Gabe Davis type of game. You know, three catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. 
Um, that's kind of what Darius Slayton does. So if, you, if you're desperate and you need a Hail Mary, that's the guy you're going to put in there. Um, you know, and then Bellinger is kind of being consistent at the tight end. Four or five catches a game, 35, 45 yards, the occasional touchdown. Um, you know, he, he isn't going to win you your week, but he's probably not going to lose you your week either. And if Jones's ankle is better, then I don't have issues starting him at the quarterback position in a super flex league because I know he's also, um, you know, the one thing, Dayball may not have gotten Jones to start chucking it into tight spaces yet, but he has opened up the running game with Jones. Yeah, and if you're staring down options like Skylar Thompson and P.J. Walker, you might yearn for the days of a Daniel Jones. I'm with you about Slayton being the best kind of shot, and Bellinger is actually a guy that I've played in a few places. I, All that being said, I am taking the Baltimore Ravens. So am I. Now we move to Pittsburgh, where the one and four Pittsburgh Steelers, who are missing a host of players, are playing host to the three and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll get to Pittsburgh's woes in a minute. But how are you feeling about Chris Godwin? It looks like Julio Jones is tracking to miss again, but Chris Godwin, he's been back for a couple of games. We haven't seen any big wow plays. Do you think it is coming? Yeah. You know, Evans is clearly the number one there. Um, Godwin is going to get good volume and he's going to pop off at some point. Uh, it just, that's just what's going to happen. Those two guys, it's, it's a top heavy, um, target distribution with Evans and Godwin. And I think it's going to stay that way. Um, Lenny will pop off and have those crazy 10, 10 target games, uh, on occasion, but it's, it's Godwin and it's, uh, Mike Evans and, you know, they do different things. They complement each other very well. And Brady historically has really liked what guys that play the Godwin role do a lot. And so it wouldn't surprise me if it's a five catch 90 yard game for Evans and a nine catch 80 yard game for Godwin. Yeah. And if there was ever a week where Brady was going to get the passing game going, it's this week for the Steelers. Cornerback Cameron Sutton, safety Minka Fitzpatrick, cornerback Akilo Weatherspoon, cornerback Levi Wallace, defensive end DeMarvin Leal, and safety DeMonte Casey, along with linebacker TJ Watt, are all out, as is Pat Fryermuth. So probably going to be another tough game for Pittsburgh, especially with all those defensive pieces missing. Let's go to the Steelers. You know, we've seen – Kenny Pickett picking up the passing game a little bit. Trepidation in your voice now that you switched to the offensive side. Kenny Pickett has picked up the passing game a little bit, but we still – we have not seen great things from Najee Harris, probably behind one of the bottom third offensive lines, it seems, in the league. Is he still a top 24 back? He's. I think he's still top 24. And, frankly, unless you went, like, robust running back, um, in your draft, you can't really justify sitting him because at some point he's going to, I feel, I believe he gets it going a, a little little better, a little more consistently. And a lot of that's going to come from balance on the offense. And I think that what Pickett brings in Moxie is what's going to allow that balance to open up. Pickett's willingness to pump the ball in there to Pickens and to Johnson uh, and even to Claypool, uh, I, I think that will help open up 
the opportunities for Najee when he's running. The way that line is set up this year, I don't think he's destined to have a high yards per carry, but he is a volume back. And as as cute as it is to to want to play Jalen Warren more, um, there's a reason that Najee Harris is the who Najee Harris is. I would just like to see him catch a few more passes. That was really what buoyed him up last year. Uh, all that being said, I'm taking the Buccaneers. I can't believe it, but I think Pittsburgh falls to one and five. Yeah. Bucks for me as well. On to the late window games. The one and four Carolina Panthers travel to battle the two and three Los Angeles Rams. PJ Walker is in. Matt Rule is out. What are you expecting from Carolina's offense? Nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's PJ Walker. And I, I, I mean, I just, I, I don't think Walker is good. I, He's a, at best, he's a practice squad quarterback in my eyes. Uh, You know, he got probably outsized opportunity because of his college relationship uh, with Matt Rule. And I I think it was from those like five or six XFL games before we went on quarantine. and, And I just, well, I think him and Rule were together at Temple. And so... I just don't, you know, is he going to be better than Baker? Maybe, but what's that say? I mean, he's. There, there, I mean, if you're, the clear. if you're the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, you have two jobs get the ball to DJ Moore and get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Those are the only. And I think jobs really you have. only one of those likely to happen. So I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have high hopes, despite the fact I'm probably starting him in at least one league. Yeah, I still hope Christian McCaffrey is solid, but I, I need to see a lot. I, RIP DJ Moore, it might be, let's hope you get a better situation next season. On the flip side, the Rams, despite looking middling to mediocre most of the year, are 10 and a half point favorites. Is this the week that they get that offense right? I mean, this is a great opportunity to get it right. If, if, and I mean, they might be able to do it by scoring 11 points if we're being honest here. Um, so, uh, I mean, if you're going to get Allen Robinson started up, you might as well do it against the Panthers. Um, uh, Cam Akers is out. So I think Daryl Henderson is going to get, get some run. They did bring in Mac Brown or is Mac with Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Malcolm Brown. Um so they they've got some they've got some players that need to get right. And if Sean McVay is you know in my eyes doing his job, he's gonna do what he can to get those players right uh, against a team where they should win handily. I mean Stafford has to go in there and and make some throws and not throw interceptions. Uh, That's been his bugaboo this year. And, you know, I don't think they need to target Cooper Cup 27 times. Uh, Spread the the love around. Yeah, now that Allen Robinson's on my bench pretty much everywhere, this will be the game that he catches seven passes for 150 yards. I am taking the Rams. So am I. Another NFC West battle. The two and three Arizona Cardinals travel to battle the two and three Seattle Seahawks. James Conner is out. 
No, you're starting Kyler Murray, probably starting Hollywood Brown. Aside from that, Eno Benjamin or Rondale Moore interests you. You're starting Zach Ertz, obviously. I mean, Eno's, Eno interests me because Darrell Williams is out as well. So uh, Eno's good. this is the opportunity that Eno gets to say, hey, look, I can do this job. Let me have the ball more. Um, whether that happens or not, I don't know. But this is going to be his opportunity. Um, I'm curious with uh, – you know, we're a week from DeAndre Hopkins returning. Uh, the offense hasn't been in sync very well. Uh, I mean, you know the offense is out of sync when Kyler Murray's wearing that green suit. That was that was terrible. Uh, but, you know, I think Eno Benjamin is – see, the Seahawks are giving up the third most yards to running backs, the sixth most receptions to running backs. It's looking like an Eno Benjamin week. Um, in part, the Seahawks just aren't very good. And so Arizona's not going to have to air it out 50, 60 times to, uh, to keep up and score a lot of points. They might want to score a significant amount of points to kind of say, hey, look, we can do it. Um, and Seattle might be the team you can do it against. Um, but I, I like Eno. I, I do like I, – I, I don't trust Rondale Moore yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't super trust me either. There are a couple of deep leagues where I actually put him in at flex. He's getting targets, and if he gets the same target share as Greg Dorch, you just have to hope that he's got the Greg Dorch production. On the flip side, Ken Walker gets the start, gets his first start. Uh, what are you hoping to see? Um, I think he's going to have to rely on his athletic ability. Arizona's not given up a lot of uh, fantasy production to running backs and wide receivers. So, you know, I, to me, it's, you know, Geno Smith is writing this Cinderella story. You know, they wrote me off, but I didn't write back story. Um, and TJ, uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both playing really, really well. Um, where Arizona does still give up a pretty good amount of points is to the tight end. And so Will Disley and or Noah Fant could be solid plays against Arizona. How dare you get my hopes up again? All that being said, you know what? I believe in the power of the Geno. I'm taking the Seahawks. Give me that highlighter uniform too. The final late window game is a beauty. The four and one Buffalo Bills travel to battle the four and one Kansas City Chiefs, a rematch of the best divisional round playoff game from last year. Dennis, for the Bills, Gabe Davis had a monster game last week, although he only caught like three passes. Can he do it again? Yes, he can. Will he? Maybe. Uh, you know, Kansas City's given up the six most receptions to wide receivers and the 11th most yards to wide receivers. Uh, and they're tied for fourth for the most touchdowns to wide receivers. So it does kind of shape up as a good kind of game for the Buffalo wide receiver group. Josh Allen is not afraid to take chances. If, they, if he gives up an interception or two, he's like, YOLO, let's go for it again. Uh, and he's got guys that go out and make plays for him. Uh, even the rookie Shakira is making plays uh, when needed. 
Uh, I'm not sure if Dawson Knox is still out or not. Knox is off the injury report, as oh. is Isaiah McKenzie. So it looks like they're going in with a full boat, absent Jameson Crowder. So, and the one, the one thing that Buffalo does do when they're in games and they're playing close games, um, Devin Singletary gets a good amount of run. If they're way up or way down, they kind of uh, Buffalo treats Singletary like Kansas City treats Clyde. You know, if they're way up, they just sit him down and go with somebody else. So I, I won't, won't say way down because neither one of these teams are often way down. But if it's a close back and forth game, Singletary could have a really, really nice day. Yeah, and I think as long as Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis don't slam into each other doing crossing routes, they should be in good shape. On the flip side, Mahomes is great. Kelsey is great. CEH started out decent, so did Juju, but we've really seen them come kind of back to the pack. Is there any chief that you feel confident in beyond those top two? I'm okay to start CEH as my running back, too. I mean, he's he's still running back nine on the season. Um, and he's been very script-oriented. If, if the Chiefs get ahead, they bring in Pacheco. But if it's a close game, they're using CEH. CEH is tied with and McKinnon, McKinnon. Yeah. for 10, 10 touches inside the red zone. Um, and one of those guys has four touchdowns, and it's not Jarek McKinnon. So which is a which is a positive development if you've tracked CEH's career. So I mean CEH is getting the play, but if, if the game isn't close, then they they pull him. And sometimes they pull him uh in, in hurry up instances, they'll put McKinnick in. McKinnon in for for whatever reason they've got an infatuation with it but CEH is he's the top dog there he's playing more than 50 percent of the snaps he's getting more than 50 percent of the touches um unless like I said it's a blowout and then they'll bring Pacheco in and run him 10 or 12 times so I'm I'm good I I I think this is going to be it's the highest scoring game um on the over-under at, I think, 54 points. Uh, the, the books expect it to be a barn burner, uh, and that means both, based on who these teams are, both of these teams are going to put up points. It's going to be a shooting match. They're going to be, uh, you, you know, it's fast-break offense on these teams, and, and I, I want to get as many pieces of these offenses in my lineup as I can. I'm taking the over on the points, and I am taking the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to take the Chiefs at home. Makes me nervous when we split on these games that are meaningful to me. Uh, the Sunday night game sees the Dallas Cowboys at 4-1, and one, traveling to battle the league's only unbeaten team in the 5-0 and o Philadelphia Eagles. Dennis Cooper Rush is 4-0 and o this year, 5-0 and o as a starter over time. He is due to start again. They're not quite ready to put Dak in. Will be 6-0. Uh, I don't think so. I, I think this is where Cooper Rush comes crashing down to earth. Um, the Eagles have a pretty good defense. They've got a ball control offense that can make big plays. Uh, and, and while Dallas has a lot of weapons, their offensive line is a work in progress with Tyron Smith out. Uh, I, I like where both teams are going. I just think that the Eagles are the better team. 
For the Eagles, you know, for A.J. Brown, big acquisition in the offseason. He had an incredible week one, um, and he's had a couple of good moments, but he hasn't consistently gotten the volume and production week to week. Is it time to kind of lower expectation a little bit off of that top 12 range? I, I think where Brown is missing is with the efficiency. He's had seven or more targets in every game, uh, whereas Smith has had double-digit targets in two, but he's also had four targets or less in two games. So while Smith has had a couple really productive, it's honestly been Smith who's had the real productive couple games and Brown who's been a little more consistent. Brown hasn't had the blow up games. He hasn't had the big, uh, the the high efficiency games. And I think that's coming. Uh, I think they're both good players and, and good plays. Uh, Diggs has gotten better. It'll be interesting to see if they have Diggs match up on one of them. I would be inclined to pick the other one to go off more if Diggs is matched up. Let's say he's going with A.J. Brown. I, I think that Smith may get more targets, more catches. But if they're if Diggs is playing a side and he just matches up with whoever's on his side, uh, I think that they could end up being uh, you know, equally productive. I don't know how to quit you, Dallas. I, I'm going to do it. I'm taking the Cowboys. The Eagles for me. It's going to be a sad. I feel like it's going to be a sad Monday show. Speaking of sad. So speaking of sad, <laughs> after an 11-day layoff to try to uh, protect my blood pressure rate, the Denver Broncos will return to action on Monday night, uh, sitting at 2-3, and three, traveling to battle the 3-2 and two Los Angeles Chargers. Dennis Russ said his shoulder is feeling better and better, and we've we've had way too many days for him and Nathaniel Hackett to try to throw out verbal bouquets to the fans. What are you expecting from this Broncos offense? Man, is there is there a more Jekyll and Hyde offense out there? It's mostly been Hyde. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I would like to see the Jekyll. No, I mean, I, I just feel like they've. it's about, you know, they've got to keep chopping wood and building chemistry. And working, you know, they lost a big piece to the offense in uh, Javante Williams. Uh, Russ is starting to develop a, some pretty good chemistry with Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy's starting to come around. Um, and I think, don't you get Dolchich back this week? Dolchich back this weekend, too? So Could get Dolchich back. Yeah. So maybe there'll be a tight end that uh, Nathaniel Hackett will even actually use. Actually, they, you know, Eric Saubert is having a somewhat decent year i the the biggest i don't really understand the albert o situation and there's even rumors he might get cut yeah who who was the browns tight end a few years ago that had the one great season oh god it was gary uh gary barnage gary barnage yeah, yeah. yeah. That, is eric saubert gonna be this year's gary barnage I mean, he could be. I've enjoyed watching him actually the last few years in preseason and stuff, but they've had no Fant and Alberto. They've seemingly had a lot of options. I, The one thing I will say is for as bad as Denver's offense has been, many of us have felt that Cortland Sutton was truly their best receiver, and he has looked every bit of it. He is wide receiver 12 through five weeks. So given all that's going on there, he is still producing. And I'm when I get to a pick, I'll, I'll tell tell you what what I've managed to convince myself about this game. But we'll move to the Chargers. 
We have not seen Keenan Allen since the first half of opening week. It looks like he is actually tracking toward returning. He is still considered questionable, but he is getting some limited practice. That seems like a more hopeful sign. If he's out there, what are you expecting? Man, I I don't know. Uh, It seems like that after the beginning of his career where he had some fluky injuries, um, and was tagged um, unnecessarily as injury prone. He then went off and had four, five, six, uh, I forget how many years of really, really high production, great seasons. You could count on him, definitely a PPR monster. Um, and then this year he's kind of came in and uh, he dinged up the hamstring or, or I think it was a hamstring. And then, Hopefully they've just been really yeah, cautious. It was and, a hammy. And, you know, they're they're waiting uh, until it's 100% and it's going to be fine. I think if he starts, you got to start him. But I'm going to feel much better starting him in a flex than uh, as, you know, wide receiver one or two uh, just because it makes me, me nervous. Uh, you know, Mike Williams is Mike Williams and Austin Eckler scores all the points. Yeah. Look, I don't need to get depressed today. I have three full days to wait for that depression to come. Uh, Denver did lose Ronald Darby last week, their other corner, uh, torn ACL out for the year, which means it'll be a combination of Damari Mathis and Michael Ojemudia on the outside um, as Ojemudia comes back from IR. So it's really going to depend a little bit to me, I think, on who Sertan is on. They have not been moving Sertan to shadow receivers, so it's really going to be dependent on who the Chargers decide to feature in the matchup. I would guess Sertan ends up with both Williams and Allen at times, so they'll probably both be okay. I will – oh, were you going to say something? No, oh. I will tell you no that for your story. Yeah, so Denver fans have had also eleven days uh, to try to make themselves feel better about the the show that we saw last Thursday night, and um, you know the general generalized memes. There have been some good ones out there. I've even shared a few um, because you know you got to laugh at your pain, but. One of the things that uh, has come up a couple of times is when Peyton Manning came to the Broncos, they started out two and three, and they had a Monday night game against the Chargers in week six. They started out in a hole, and Manning brought them back and brought them back to a stirring win against the Chargers that started a run that saw them not lose a game the rest of the season. And there have been a lot of Broncos fans that feel like destiny is about to repeat itself. And as much as I don't want to believe that, I have got to cling to that, so I am picking the Denver Broncos. Oh, you're delusional. I'm taking the Chargers. You know what? It's that thin air up there in the mountains of Colorado. Yeah, I need some hope. We'll see how uh, how hopeful I'm feeling after, after the Sunday slate. Dennis and I will be back on Monday looking at uh, all of these interesting matchups. I am hoping we at least get some fantastic football Sunday afternoon with the, the Chiefs Bills. Looking forward to that and looking forward to the Sunday night NFC East battle and me feeling sad about having picked the Cowboys yet again. But until then, Dennis, what should the people do? Go out there, rate us, review us, download, listen, don't subscribe really helpful to us we could really use the support and if you're excited about the movie halloween ends prepare for glory i don't know if you got your pop on there